The role of the Indian Navy has come into sharp focus perhaps more than ever before given the evolving nature of the threats that one faces in the North Arabian Sea. Um, the situation of the coast of Yemen, the rise in piracy also matters of grave concern is also the growing presence of the Chinese Navy in uh, the waters of the Indian Ocean. Joining us now to discuss the nature of these threats, how India is responding to that, the Chief of Naval Staff. Thanks very much, Admiral, for being with us. You face a fairly dynamic situation of the coast of Yemen. We'll discuss the role of the Indian Navy and piracy in a moment. But your ships are also in harm's way. They could uh, face threats from ballistic missiles, from anti-ship cruise missiles, from various sorts of drones, some on the surface of the sea as well. Uh, could you give us the state of alert that the ships of the Navy are now operating in off the coast of Yemen? See, whenever we uh, deploy a ship, the ship is combat uh, ready and it is in a, in a combat ready role. So, uh, we have, usually we have ships deployed as, as on uh, mission deployments uh, and uh, they are actually forward deployed to various uh, locations in the Indian Ocean where we feel we need a presence. So, these uh, mission-based deployed ships, uh, they are fully combat ready and the advantage of a uh, naval warship is uh, that uh, uh, ship can switch roles from the high end of the spectrum that is from combat role to a diplomatic or constabulary or even uh, benign role like you know to participate in HADR etc. So that is one of the major advantages of a uh, warship when uh, she is deployed. So uh, currently they are all deployed uh, for uh, anti-drone operations and to escort our uh, Indian flagged merchant vessels. At the same time they will uh, render assistance to any any flagged vessel which is either attacked or which is in distress or any assistance is required. So a simple example was, you know, we had provided assistance to a tanker which was hit, which was, a, I think, a Marshall Island flagged vessel and it uh, was carrying some 86,000 tons of naphtha. So roughly about 500 crores worth of cargo and uh, it was on fire and uh, the crew asked for assistance. There were uh, other ships in the vicinity, the American, the U.S. warship and uh, I think a French warship were there. They did provide them assistance in terms of material but no, nobody went on board to help them. So they had requested us if they can, we can send a team. So we sent a team with the firefighting equipment and we brought the, has worked along with them to bring the fire under control and then the ship proceeded on. So we go out to help uh, any mariner in distress uh, and, uh, and uh, the orders are very clear and uh, that uh, they have to counter the drones in case, you know, uh, any attack is uh, evident. So that's how we have uh, the ships deployed. We had nearly 10 ships uh, deployed there, over 10 ships deployed. And so um, when it comes to intercepting drones uh, or missiles, uh, it, it is in def defense not just of our own ships, but I presume also in defense of the merchantmen who are sailing through those waters. Yeah. So right now uh, we have, uh, uh, where we are operating, uh, we are largely focusing on the Indian flagged uh, merchant vessels or those which are carrying cargo and you know some specific cargo like fertilizers or grains or something like that which specifically for our ports where they ask for assistance then we are escorting them. So the orders are very clear in case they are being targeted they will you know act in self-defense and you know uh, protect uh, both the cargo as well as our ships. Uh, but so far we have not had the requirement. Uh, what we have seen is largely the Houthis are the ones who are, you know, uh, carrying out this missile attack. So they are carrying out attacks on uh, either Israeli owned or Israeli linked 
or uh, sometimes uh, U.S. flagged or U.S. linked, uh, uh, some Western linked uh, ships uh, only is what you have seen. Fortunately, there has not been any, uh, while uh, the other part of it is that many of these ships have uh, Indian crew. Yes. You know, in some numbers, it may not be completely Indian, but there will be Indian, you know, and a mixed crew. So, because we have more of, uh, you know, Indian personnel so serving as seamen and on various, uh, as sailors on various ships, the, the the possibility of Indian uh, crew being there is very, very high in almost every ship. So, uh, that is another concern for us. But fortunately, despite so many attacks, there have hardly been any uh, injury or any uh, serious casualty to anybody. So, we are just keeping... But so, these ships as well you would defend if you det uh, detect them coming under attack because there are, there are dozens of ships on a uh, yeah, daily yeah, basis. Yeah, yeah. So, it's not just ships bound for India. What about other ships which, uh, you know, you detect missiles coming yeah, in so their if, vicinity? Yeah, if, so, if something comes in our vicinity then and we feel that, you know, it's likely to uh, cause... Uh, 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 you know, harm, then obviously we'll act in self-defense. Yeah. Uh, and Admiral, um, have we been uh, detecting some of these missile launches or drone launches or anything yeah. of the sort? Our ships are deployed there, so we have been, you know, keeping track of all these uh, 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 drones and uh, missiles, etc., which are being launched. Because the, the all the ships have got very powerful sensors, very capable sensors. Uh, so we are we are we have to be prepared because we are in a combat zone actually. So the ships which are deployed are very capable, potent ships, and uh, they are you know they are ready to respond in case you know we are threatened. Yeah, sir. Uh, the nature of warfare itself is changing. We keep talking about drones. Actually, even the, in the character last, of warfare is changing. The character of warfare is changing, uh, sir. Uh, just in the last uh, 72 odd hours, there's been another ship which has been sunk uh, off Crimea, um, again by in this case by uncrewed drones. What sort of threat does this represent? So this is, uh, I mean, it's an evolution of, uh, I would say, a torpedo in the sense, you know, a torpedo is also an underwater weapon which, you know, moves at a certain speed and, you know, carries out an attack. But in this case, it is probably, uh, you know, uh, underwater uh, yeah, UUV or a, or a semi-submerged type of a craft which uh, has, uh, which has got a very low uh, radar signature which is probably carried out this attack. So this, there in the um, uh, Russia-Ukraine war, what you have seen is the proliferation of you know drones of different types. Uh, uh, the drones which fly in the, the UAVs, then the USVs, uh, you know unmanned uh, surface vessels, and the UUVs. So all types of all different types of uh, unmanned systems are being uh, developed, and these are cheap. And that brings us to, you know, this question of, uh, you know, the asymmetry in the cost. Yes. The cost of the attacking weapon is uh, in many times uh, substantially lower than the defending weapon or the, the counter-attacking weapon. So for example, if you take the, uh, the case of a drone which is being used against a merchant ship, it may probably cost about, in my estimate, it may cost about uh, 50, 60 lakhs. But a missile will cost at least, you know, three, four crores. So there is a wide asymmetry between, you know, the uh, attacking weapon and the defending one. So even yesterday there was a, a, a government press release which said that we are uh, buying uh, um, remotely uh, operated guns, 12.7 mm for the Coast Guard and the Navy, um, to engage this, these asymmetric threats. How important is that in, given what we are seeing, you know, new additions, as defensive means? These are all, you know, uh, weapons which are uh, either um, uh, nearly autonomous or automatic which can detect and, you know, engage a target. 
and uh, they are they have a very high uh, you know rate of fire and uh, they can be used at very close quarters as well so uh, these uh, weapons are now being uh, you know made in india so earlier there was uh, you know, transfer of technology etc has happened and they are being manufactured in india and uh, installation is already in progress on many ships uh, and and uh, we hope to uh have them on almost all our ships yeah. so they are modern weapons and right. uh, used against all these usvs and you know uh, uh, uh these uh, threats which come at very close ranges yes uh because they have a very high rate of fire and uh, they are rapidly they can be uh, activated and many of them are can be controlled through uh, various sensors sure and so on Uh, Admiral, the other big part of what we've done is respond to piracy. It seems that piracy has gone up at a time when there is so much uh, uncertainty, and uh, you know, in that particular region. Um, could you tell us a little bit about uh, you know how we've been right on uh, our commandos, our ships, our, uh, our helicopters have been right on the edge over there, taking on men who are very heavily armed, and then disarming them. Yeah. Besides anything else. No, so uh, so piracy has been an age-old uh, you know activity. Uh, criminal activity i would yeah. say and uh, i want to uh, just place on record that one of the major enablers this time has been the passing of the anti piracy act 2022 you know which was passed in december 2022 by our government uh, this has really strengthened our you know ability to we call it vbss that is visit board search and seize so i have now tasked the uh, ships there are about four ships deployed for this uh, they are operating very close to somalia and uh, and the areas where we have seen this piracy uh, resurgence so they are now boarding inspecting and looking for piracy triggers like high speed obms uh, you know high speed yeah. motors and uh, weapons and so on and uh, taking uh, very firm action against you know any uh, suspicious uh, activity so uh, uh, what we are doing now what we are doing in when we uh, receive any uh, input about a uh, piracy attack or a suspected attack is so first we have eyes on the uh, on the vessel so either a pti is diverted or a, or a sea guardian is uh, launched or if it is in the area already it is diverted to that place we keep an eye on it and we put an asset uh, to close this contact at the fastest speed and in the meantime we have the helicopter the uh, the marcos the uh, the boats everything ready and we give them fair warning and then we you know board so generally uh, you have to get concurrence of the company which is operating it which we do uh, all the information actually comes to this uh, organize the facility we have set up called the IFC IOR yes. at gurugram so that is now a full fledged uh, information center which keeps track of uh, all the the and provides you a fair amount of uh, mda or domain awareness maritime domain awareness in the indian ocean region and uh, so based it helps us respond faster and uh, whenever we get inputs we get clearance from the owners or the company operating it and uh, so that the crew uh, you know the safety is ensured and then uh, we have our internal processes we deploy straight away and then we take action admiral there was this one ship which was struck uh, deep in the arabian sea we've done uh, investigations on that uh, chemical analysis of the explosives used and we have concluded that it was a drone uh, which struck this particular ship Do we know where that drone was was fired from? No, it could have been fired from anywhere, but it has been fired from very far. Actually, it, I mean, it, the it has got a fairly large endurance, so it could have been from anywhere, you know, by the Houthis or you know any other uh, place. Suspect, I suspect it's by the Houthis only. 
but uh, the it is not just one ship i just want to tell you that the at least about four ships uh, in in our region have been struck uh, commencing from sometime in november last year till you know as late as a couple of weeks back so this has been happening off and on and uh, we our estimate the ranges are quite high and uh, the drones are cheap they're not that expensive uh, in fact uh, the engine that they use is the engine of a moped yes so and the uh, airframe everything and if you look at the uh, the pcbs and etc quite you know simple stuff so uh, so this is what is the asymmetry i was talking of and uh, it could well be the houthis or somebody who supporting them admiral how do they target ships so far out so uh, my assessment is that you know probably they come in pairs you know one carrying a payload and the other carrying other with a uh, sensor either an ai sensor or a uir sensor we not been able to get that uh, part of it because when it hits it gets damaged and you know all the parts we couldn't recover so uh, the so one definitely it's a kamikaze type of a drone and probably it's escorted by one more which you know gives the information so this is our understanding of it and that is probably helping them to yeah target so um if we look at our region there is also the growing presence of china um even now there is a ship a, res- a so called research ship which is now well off the coast of the maldives because they haven't docked there as yet but it appears to be doing seabed analysis or uh, and they've been doing this now for a number of years what do you believe uh, their intention is in these waters see they uh, china has got its own interest like any other nation and if you see the oceans unlike you know land is uh, are free open and uh, you know open for all it's a global common that's what you call it so therefore the uh, the the, uh, the chinese research ships are can you know legitimately engage in research activities in the in the open ocean which so long as not the uh, exclusive economic zone or the rule sea of any particular country mm-hmm. and uh, we have seen them operate uh, with the consent of the host government especially in bangladesh you know maldives and various other countries as well so they do probably they are looking for you know uh, normally when you do uh, uh, research work uh, survey work like this then you are either uh, profiling the waters or profiling the bottom and either looking for resources uh, and probably you know charting the the terrain underwater so it may have military applications as well in terms of you know your ability to deploy submarines or operate submarines and things like that so well largely it looks uh, from uh, uh, a commercial point of view as you know searching for uh, resources i would say whether it is petroleum or you know polymetallic nodules or you know any other type of resource or energy any other type of energy resource or gas etc but the possibility of the data being used for other things exists that's right. all i would say yeah uh, and so there is a new generation of chinese weaponry in the vicinity um a new submarines which pakistan will be acquiring uh, supersonic cruise missiles which pakistan will be acquiring new generation of type 54 frigates which they are now in the process of acquiring uh what uh, challenge does that represent to us how are we well equipped to deal with that so uh, that is uh, quite evident in in terms of the uh, capability enhancement that is happening with the pakistan navy they were generally about a 2022 uh, platform force and i think their expansion plans are up to go up to nearly 50 mm-hmm. platforms 
and uh, they're well on, on their way towards us, A21 class submarines, all these are on order. So we see the capability accretion happening. So we keep track of all the developments and, uh, you know, our platforms are also no less potent. And uh, we, uh, so the, while the Chinese platform that they're getting, like the Tugril class, are at, at quite uh, capable platforms. Uh, at the same time, we are also doing shipbuilding, you know, uh, building uh, capability. Uh, we do have a uh, sizable number of ships under construction, etc. We are also replacing our fleet. So we see the developments uh, in our uh, neighborhood and uh, we see what is happening, what is the capability being built up. And accordingly, we also, uh, you know, fine-tune our uh, operational processes, you know, uh, and uh, the capability uh, sure. perspective plan and so on. Sure. So we've got uh, a fantastic range of ships coming out. The Project 17 Alpha is one, which will be the bedrock in a sense in terms of numbers for the Indian Navy. How does this represent an incremental um, sort of addition to your, your force capabilities, whether in sensors or in weapons? It is, uh, see, the number-wise, uh, you know, uh, we are, uh, as of today, we have about 66 ships which are under, ships and submarines are under construction. Probably 64 are being built in India itself. Yes. And uh, this, uh, uh, you know, with, while we started with the Nilgiri class uh, frigate as, you know, many years back, almost 40 years back, uh, today after having commissioned, uh, you know, Vikrant and, you know, operating her, we are very, very confident that, you know, we can, we, we don't, we are now a builder's navy, not a buyer's navy. So, uh, the uh, 17 Alpha class, Alpha Bravo, they represent the, the best, uh, 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 you know, in terms of uh, being the frigates and uh, 15 Alpha Bravo uh, destroyers. They are, you know, as good or as uh, comparable to any of the uh, other ships which are operating uh, in this, yeah. anywhere, I would say. Yeah. So, that's why we are very confident of deploying them as well, you know, uh, for, you know, various taskings uh, sure. in, the, uh, in the current uh, environment. So, uh, we have seen uh, uh, the quality of the ships improve as we build, you know, uh, from one version to another. So, there are lessons learned which get incorporated and, you know, uh, and by the time some new technology comes in, new equipment comes in. So, we are, have the ability now to retrofit and uh, do things better. So, that is a, you know, inherent uh, capability as well as at the same time capacity building has also happened. And we are also uh, being able to reduce the build timelines, you know, and to bring it almost comparable to world standard. So, uh, this is by uh, adopting something called, uh, you know, uh, integrated construction. So, it is, you know, when you give a ship to a yard for construction, that ship, what it does is, it uh, uh, that yard, shipyard, what it does is, it gives, uh, you know, uh, outsources the various compartments of the ship. It is built in various places, brought to one place and then put together. So, which saves a lot of time and effort and uh, that is, uh, that's been a, a world trend as well. So, we have adopted that and that has helped us, you know, in reducing the timeline. So, for example, you know, the, uh, the ships, ASW Shallow Watercraft, etc., which is being built in uh, GRSC, uh, they have given part of it uh, to LNT. Yeah. So it is being built there, then brought together, you know, and then assembled that uh, thing. Yeah. So these are the later modern trends in shipbuilding. So given the fact that even in the past the Chinese have deployed fast attack, nuclear powered fast attack boats in the Indian Ocean, uh, is it not your dream as, as the Navy chief to have Indian fast attack boats counter, you know, their growing presence? Uh, we uh, definitely want to grow into a very well-balanced force, you know, whether be it in terms of aircraft carrier, be it in terms of submarines, etc. So there is a 
uh, as far as submarines are concerned, there is a submarine building plan, 30-year submarine building plan, which was approved in 1999. So since then, of course, uh, you know, some delays, etc. have happened. But the Project 75 are part of this, uh, this plan. We are supposed to have 24 submarines. And uh, in uh, subsequently, uh, out of those 24, we are supposed to have some six nuclear submarines, uh, nuclear attack submarines as well. So the, uh, the, uh, the, the thing is, we would like to make it ourselves. And uh, we have learned, uh, we have been on the learning curve for some time, and we are now quite confident of making it. So this proposal has now been uh, taken up, and uh, it is uh, currently you know, uh, under process. We are quite hopeful that you know it should come through, and uh, then and these have long gestation periods. Yes. Uh, so we are quite confident now of you know having the capability and the technology, and the understanding and the ability to you know not only build it to operate it as well. A time-honored question, which every uh, CNS has been asked ever since I've been coming here for 27 odd years, a third aircraft carrier. Is that something which um, you believe makes sense from a, a, a cost-benefit perspective? See, uh, the, the third aircraft carrier which was on the works earlier was called IAC-2. Yes. And that was a 65,000 ton aircraft carrier with uh, catapult launch and, you know, uh, arrested recovery and all that. That was a big, uh, you know, even bigger than almost uh, uh, about uh, 25,000 tons larger, more than the Vikrant. Right. So, to build a uh, aircraft carrier like that, you need much more infrastructure and you know various uh, other additions in in terms of your capacity. So, uh, at the same time, now what has happened is the technology has uh, you know facilitated you in many ways. So now you have the possibility of UCAVs, you have you know uh, UAVs and etc., which can serve you you know uh, the uh, provide you the same effect as what you could probably get from a larger aircraft carrier. So at this stage, what we're looking at is a, a repeat order of uh, Vikrant, uh, and which will be the, almost the same size, but with you know more modern equipment or later equipment, uh, so that uh, we can at this and which in our estimate now should be able to give us you know almost similar capability as a much larger one, if it has got manned unmanned teaming you know with good aircraft and uh, you know unmanned systems and uh, UCAVs and and so on. Uh, at the same time, you know, this, uh, this uh, repeat order that you are looking at is, will essentially be a replacement for Vikramaditya. Yes. Because even if you place and uh, get approvals in the next one year or one and a half years, it will have build time of at least, you know, eight or ten years, plus maybe a couple of years of operation, by which time Vikramaditya will be due for decommissioning. Yeah. Uh, because when we got her itself, she was more than you know 25 years old, yes. and uh, so we have now operated for about 15 years as such. So that is what we are looking at as of now. So uh, so once uh, we build, then you know at that point of time, if we feel there is a need for more carriers, then uh, certainly we can't have a cap on you know what you know what is your uh, the number of carriers you need. Should it be two? Should it be three? Should it be four? Should it be six? Because when you look around, while there is a school of thought which says that, you know, uh, aircraft carriers are uh, history. But you just have to look around to see how, how many aircraft carriers are build, built in various countries. Like China has, you know, got plans to build 10. Yes. Uh, many countries like Japan and all are thinking of converting their uh, helicopter carriers into aircraft carriers. Uh, UK has got two. Uh, France has uh, got one. And, you know, they're thinking of making more. So, uh, it, uh, aircraft carrier provides a certain capability which cannot be provided by a shore-based, uh, you know, aircraft. 
because uh, you know you if you if the fleet has to have air fleet air defense you know 24/7 then you have to have a carrier because uh, you, uh, aircraft carrier uh, uh, aircraft operating from shore cannot provide you 24/7 uh, sure. you know air defense cover it can do many things from shore but it cannot provide you you know uh, this uh, capability so the, this uh, it's a capability that has to be you know uh, is required for successful operations at sea the rafal would be uh, in the indian navy's estimation the aircraft of choice for the moment until uh, the ted bf yeah. comes uh, or on board right is that See, we have uh, uh, the time scale sir or, or there's a deal process happening no we have uh, uh, sent the uh, lor and we are just uh, uh, we have just received the um, uh, loa from them and it is under process uh, we are hopeful that maybe by the middle of the year or towards the end of the year we'll get the contract should get signed and then uh, 36 months from then is what the the first aircraft delivery is planned and this definitely is a stop gap because uh, we have taken a commitment that we'll become a atmanirbhar force yes. by 2047 or earlier yeah so therefore we are we, we are aggressively taking forward the case for the uh, ted bf twin engine deck based fighter and that actually will become the mainstay of uh, both uh, the the carriers you know over time so for ted bf the timeline obviously is uh, uh, we are earlier looking at uh, 2027 28 maybe it'll slip by a couple of uh, year or so but definitely production should be around 2032 33 and then you know uh, by the time we build up adequate assets it will be maybe 2044 to 45 so that is the long term plan the next couple of days we'll see a huge collection of navies from around the world and this is important because this fits into naval diplomacy which india has always spoken about espoused for decades yeah we are having a, a major exercise called the milan uh this is the 12th edition of the milan it started in 1995 or so at that time it was very small with very about participation of four countries four of our friendly foreign countries from the indian ocean region since then uh, we have it every uh, alternate year uh, the number and scope has been gradually going up and uh, this year we have extended invite to about 58 countries and uh, we have uh, received uh, uh, acknowledgement and confirmation from about 50 plus countries uh, so this will be the largest uh, number ever so far and about 18 ships foreign warships are participating and one aircraft is also confirmed as participating in the exercise so this uh, this time the theme is you know uh, camaraderie cohesion collaboration uh, working together to find uh, you know solutions to the maritime uh, challenges uh, so this is uh, starting on the 19th and will continue till 27th which when it will finish at sea so the uh, about 4 days of uh, harbor phase and 3 uh, days at sea yeah. uh, so uh, the uh, harbor phase includes uh, you know uh, subject matter expert exchange uh, 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 seminar this uh, 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 various demonstrations and interactions uh, and so on and uh, then uh, the uh, at sea we have the uh, exercises uh, anti aircraft anti submarine seamanship navigation uh, firings etc so this is uh, uh, this is quite a um, uh, well structured and uh, uh, exercise involving a large number of units etc we also have many ships participating from the uh, our navy 
uh, and it is not, I would say, all uh, all work. There are sports fixtures as well. You know, we expose them to our uh, foreign friends to the Indian culture, the Indian cuisine. Uh, they have city tours and uh, there's a city parade at Vishakhapatnam. Sure. So, uh, this is quite a uh, major uh, uh, exercise that we undertake. And the uh, aim is to, you know, make friends, uh, build trust, uh, you know, cooperate and uh, find, uh, as I said, find uh, solutions to challenges. Wonderful speaking to you, Admiral. The Chief of Navy Staff, they're speaking about the threats which exist in the Indian Ocean region, how the Indian Navy is countering it, and also future plans which actually add, given the long gestation period involved, it's important to remember that what the Navy plans today and signs contracts for will not enter service immediately, it will take time, but the threats are also evolving, we need the platforms to meet these threats.